Hello, everyone. This is Giulio Coraggio. I'm the location head of the Italian Intellectual Property and Technology Department at DLA Piper. Uh, this is the podcast Diritto al Digitale, and today I'm super happy to have uh, as our guest uh, Shannon Lazzarini. Shannon Lazzarini has a super long uh, title. She's head of Group Legal Advice and Litigation and Group Deputy General Counsel at Unicredit. Welcome, Shannon, and thanks for accepting our invite. Thank you, Julia, and thank you for inviting me. Very happy to be here and have this conversation with you. Shannon speaks a perfect Italian, but we prefer to have uh, uh, this conversation in English so that it can be more of uh, an international uh, um, uh, debate with uh, open to international audience, because you have an incredibly international background, Shannon. If I'm not wrong, you were... Uh, you started your studies in the U.S., you started your career for over 10 years in the U.S., and then it was a big move to Italy, where obviously you still have a very international role. Can you give us a snippet of uh, your background, what you gained from all these this, this different uh, experiences throughout your career, and um, something useful for, for our audience? I've been very lucky to be a child of two cultures. So my mom is American and my dad is Italian. And I actually grew up in Italy uh, until the Quarta Gymnasium, so the first year of uh, high school, and then moved to the United States, uh, to New York. Um, I've had, uh, I think, a, a pretty colorful career in that I probably changed four times. Uh, and that's probably one of the takeaways that I wanted to share uh, with you and our audience. So I, I, I actually got to New York because I was a classical ballet dancer and uh, I went there to pursue a dream very young at 14 uh, at the School of American Ballet, which is the, um, the school for the New York City Ballet, one of the premier companies uh, mm -hmm. in the world. And, and then I got injured. Uh, and so that dream could no longer uh, be fulfilled. Uh, luckily, I hadn't neglected my studies. So I went on to university in New York at Columbia and um, studied art history, which is another love and passion of mine. And uh, I was lucky enough to work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And specifically, I was teaching uh, children, um, sometimes also from disenfranchised neighborhoods, about uh, art, about how you learn about a culture through art, uh, and also bringing the museum closer to the to the communities. Uh, and so that was my second career. And then uh, I changed again <laughs> and decided that uh, law school may be something that I wanted to uh, try out. And so I, I went to law school uh, at Columbia, so I remained uh, in New York and then joined a, a big law firm. I was at Skadden Arps for, um, I think it was 10 years. And, um, and there I really leveraged on being a child of two cultures because I uh, worked in cross-border litigation uh, and arbitration. Uh, and then uh, Unicredit was one of my clients and uh, and I got this wonderful opportunity uh, to join the bank and um, form the litigation department. And then uh, I expanded my responsibilities to also include 
uh, the banking advisory work and uh, and the supervision of uh, of our subsidiaries. So I think the tip, the takeaway for me and what I would like to share is that um, it's okay to change careers multiple times in your life. Um, I think I was incredibly enriched by this. Um, I also, you know, the typical question that you get in interviews, where do you see yourself in five years? I've never yeah. never been able to answer that. And I've come to the conclusion that that is fine. But that doesn't mean that you should be blind to opportunities. You should seek them out and, and also understand, I think, from an early age, what you want to do and what you don't want to do, what you are good at and what you probably, you know, where it you, you you need to work on on your weaknesses. So these are probably some takeaways from my path thus far. Wow, this is fascinating. Maybe you don't know, but uh, my uh, three kids, they are uh, um, Canadian slash American slash Chinese because, uh, and obviously slash Italian, uh, because my wife is Canadian, uh, our family is from China, and uh, they were all born in uh, the United States. Uh, so I, I think that your story uh, is uh, is fascinating. What do you think that um, helped you to switch? I mean, something where I always uh, try to work on with my team, with my kids, is uh, that you need to have grit in your life because I, I had so many doors on my face, but then... Uh, I was falling and raising, and I was raising uh, stronger than before. I mean, it cannot go. It, it, life is not it's made of ups and downs, at least from what I see. That's right. And I think if I look back, I probably learned more and gained more strengths from situations in which I thought everything was crumbling. Um, and, you know, the example of getting injured. Uh, which ended my career and dream of uh, being a professional classical ballet dancer. That happened very young. I was 18. Um, and it was devastating and crushing, but it was a life lesson, right? To pick yourself up, to, I guess, reinvent yourself. Um, because when you are uh, an athlete or a, a ballet dancer, it's really your identity and your life. Um, and I think that's a, what was an important lesson, um, you know, to learn at uh, at a young age and be open to various possibilities. Um, I have also frequently been driven by what I love. So, you know, I, I of course I started with ballet, but then art history. But then I always was someone that was curious, um, intellectually curious, and and that's sort of what pushed me into being a litigator. It was a chance to marry the practical and the academic and a, a practice where I was given a chance to learn about a lot of different industries because, you know, problems are can pop up everywhere and a lot of different laws. And, and, and that was great fun. So every time that a new case came along, it was uh, learning about a new business, a new industry and a new area of law. So I, I found that very enriching. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in your current role, uh, obviously, you need to deal with uh, uh, an economic uh, outset that uh, is uh, increasingly complicated. I mean, we had recently the COVID and then Russia. And uh, what would you say 
if you need to uh, pin uh, two, three uh, aspects of your current uh, role that are more complex and uh, uh, how you need to adjust your uh, way of managing uh, um, your role, uh, uh, depending on uh, the circumstances that are always at the outset, um, what would, would you mention as more complicated and uh, more valuable for, for, for your role? So I think um, as in-house lawyers, we have challenges coming from two industries, you know, the, the uh, banking industry and of course the legal industry, and we are a bridge uh, between the two. So um, certainly the dynamism and the speed with which you have to adjust uh, are two factors that are increasingly so. And, and so, um, you know, as uh, a lawyer that lives inside of a complex organism such as the bank, um, you need to be able to adjust rapidly, which is probably a uh, a uh, reprise that we're hearing from uh, from a, a lot of a lot of different voices. But uh, what that means is, is actually to be um, strong at your core of what are the building blocks of being good advisors. So you know, be able to spot the issues, be able to zero in and really understand what it's at the core of the substantive. Uh, problem that you have to resolve and you have to look at and being able to have a 360 degree view. And I think the legal education, uh, or at least the one that I was so lucky to enjoy, uh, gives us the right tools to do that. Uh, we are incredibly lucky to have a profession that allows us to uh, follow the dots and see connections that perhaps um, others are not as equipped to do. And I think that is a skill that is a true value uh, in the industry and in the environment that we live in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you spoke about how transformative uh, your profession is. I mean, I believe that at this specific moment, we are in a situation where the legal profession is going to change and it's going to change rapidly. I mean, when we started, uh, I, I remember like due diligence were all made uh, with the paper notes uh, and maybe you were in a basement and it was very, uh, well, we, we had a goal, but <laughs> now our junior uh, colleagues uh, are much better treated. Um, you at Unicredit, you launched a couple of years ago the project Unique Legal that um, is looking ahead or how um, a bank like yours needs to operate. Uh, can you give us um, a snapshot of what Unique Legal is and how you believe that in the coming years? Uh, the management of any in-house legal team like yours is going to change? So Unique Legal is um, a, a partnership uh, between Unicredit and uh, two Italian law firms, uh, La Scala and Advant and CTM. And um, it was, the, the idea behind it was to marry two excellences, right? So the 
knowledge and um, experience that the Unicredit legal team had in managing big processes, big volumes, and the, the skill professionalism of the law firm, and also their particular attention to technology and embedding technology in the legal process. Um, it is uh, conceived to be, um, you know, a, 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 a law firm that can be very attuned to the needs of the client in, in a way that perhaps is different and is not in competition with the large global law firms such as DLA, um, because we're really targeting uh, those activities that can be repeated, that can be uh, benefit from sort of a uh, standardization, which does not mean a drop in quality. It just means that some repetitive um, activities, th there's no need to waste a young lawyer's time to do that. That can be substituted and complemented uh, by a machine. So, so that really was the idea behind uh, Unique Legal. And it's now been three years um, since uh, since its inception, and it has expanded also in the number of services that it provides. We started with litigation and we uh, added uh, um, criminal uh, law related to banking uh, activities, and we added the advisory uh, activities as well. So I think, um, you know, that is indicative of ways in which the internal legal team in, in a company needs to be innovative and needs to look at uh, what could be perceived as constraints, such as, you know, your usual, your budget cuts, your FTE yeah. cuts, as a great chance to think outside of the box and perhaps uh, bring at the table um, uh, solutions that uh, perhaps you won't think about if you're not forced <laughs> to uh, to to really um, to really try to continue delivering quality uh, to be there for your clients for your stakeholders, um, but you know in, in a world where the resources are what they are and and you need to be a part of the organism of the bank and contribute uh, to the overall uh, industrial plan. So. Um, so, so it's been a wonderful journey and continued evolution, and uh, and you know we're we're always looking at new ways and new projects in which this collaboration can continue. Yeah, no, no, I I fully agree. We are actually working on uh, several projects for clients where we're trying to help them to embed uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning in the operation of uh, an in-house legal team, because as you mentioned, repetitive work is still time consuming for your team. It requires the resources and these resources can be easily replaced by machine so that the same people will be used on um, uh, other tasks. So you're not replacing individuals with machines, but we're, you're just uh, addressing these individuals on um, uh, more value-added uh, tasks. I think this is the future. And I, I really like when you said that when you have um, a tight budget, you need to be innovative. I think uh, this is um, uh, the right uh, skill set. And uh, normally, for instance, startups with uh, a very large funding, they get bankrupt while uh, where there is uh, a tight budget, uh, they, uh, they make it work. Shannon, it was a fascinating uh, talk. 
I thank you so much for your time, and I'm sure there will be opportunities to talk again in the coming months. Thank you, Julia. It was wonderful to have this chat with you this morning.